I think you're really going to like this episode of STEM, Insider Tips for Greenhouse Pros. I'm Bill Calkins, and I'll be sharing some data, research findings, stories, and ideas related to today's male shopper. Men constitute a rapidly growing and changing demographic when it comes to retail, and their habits are very different from female shoppers, creating opportunities and challenges for us in horticulture. From why they shop, to how they shop, and the importance of experience and opportunity to provide feedback, there's something in this episode for anyone who sells anything. At least, I hope so. But first, Connect Four, where we take a look at four points lining up to support one key industry topic. This episode's Connect Four is all about new plants. In about a month in California will be our industry's fashion week, where many of the new and exciting introductions are rolled out to the trade for the first time. And at the ball stop, you're sure to see hundreds of new game changers bred to solve grower challenges and fill consumer niches and needs. But I want to talk to you about four. First, the Be Happy series of biddens from Ball Flora Plant. This series is 25 to 35% more vigorous than the Be Alive series, but not quite as vigorous as Be Bold. So it fits that, that awesome um, mid-size profile. Features an upright habit, and the plants can be grown closer together with less spacing, and they're easier to control with fewer PGRs. And once again, these are amazing pollinators. They look great in baskets and patio pots. They grow 10 to 14 inches tall, spread 18 to 24 inches. There's Be Happy Orange with a great habit that's well matched to the new Red Improved, which is a red bicolor biddens um, with amazing habit and branching. Uh, I think that you're really going to be happy with both of these in your product mix. Again, that was the Be Happy series of biddens. Next, fitting another exciting series, fitting into the headliner series of petunias and um, expanding on the night sky, pink sky, and burgundy sky uh, varieties that, that have been introduced in past years is Headliner Dark Saturn. This is a stunning petunia with a deep velveteen purple center and a creamy yellow halo. It's going to look amazing in hanging baskets. These are definitely sure to sell. Again, Headliner Dark Saturn from Selecta. Third, I want to talk about the Zesty series of zinnias. They're bred by Pan American Seed and introduced by Ball Ingenuity, which means they're exclusively available from the Ball Seed uh, sales team. These have extraordinary garden appeal with fully double flowers and amazing garden vigor. They display huge vibrant colors all season long. They're perfect for containers, mixed combos, and borders, available in six colors and a mix. These will stand from 18 to 24 inches tall, spread 18 to 24 inches wide, fitting that, um, that large stature plant trend that we've talked about quite a bit in past episodes of STEM. The fourth chip in our game of amazing new introduction Connect 4 is actually one that we spent an entire episode on last, last time, the Beacon series of impatience from Pan American Seed. This is a series with the high disease resistance to the downy mildew challenge that's faced gardens for the last five to 10 years. So this truly is a game changer. With season long color, similar profile and, and stature to your traditional uh, Impatience Walleriana, it's fast filling color for shady gardens and landscapes. Again, a true game changer, multiple colors available, mixes available, ongoing breeding. Again, Impatience are back. 
So those are just four of the game-changing new varieties that will be unveiled at the 2019 California Spring Trials. But stay tuned for upcoming episodes of STEM where we're going to delve into the best of the trials in a much deeper way. But now, let's talk about today's male shopper. Greetings. I'm your host, Bill Calkins. In this episode, STEM Greenhouse Podcast number 27, is going to be a solo cast, meaning it's going to be me the entire time with no guest. Generally, this podcast stems, and that pun is totally intended, from my role as product marketing manager for Ball Seed, where I work with many of the business units and breeding companies at Ball to position and promote products and programs available from our distribution team. The podcast is often a way to transfer technical information from our experts to you through the audio podcast platform. But here and there, I swap that hat with my other role at Ball, one of our retail business managers working with retailers and the professional growers who supply them. In past episodes, I discussed selling to different tribes or groups of customers, like business travelers, young professionals, parents, recently retired boomers, and more. I've also talked about tips for being the absolute best wholesale provider for your retail customers, from a retailer's perspective. I'll put links to both episodes in the show notes. This time, I'm going to tackle a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and one in which I hold some expertise. I would say a little bit of expertise, but my wife might put that bar a little bit higher. How men shop, and more importantly, why it matters to lawn and garden. And speaking of my wife, if she was here and not at work teaching the future mathematicians and scientists of America about mitosis, she would mention that her worst decision in more than 10 years of marriage was when she set me up with my very own Amazon Prime account. Well, it's not my very own, but a profile on our family account that I could control from my phone. Let's just say it unlocked my inner consumer. But enough about me, let's talk about how men shop. I'll start by sharing some baseline statistics and then move to some generalized shopping habit differences between men and women, and finally work through some research and share ways I feel this can impact our industry, the business of selling more plants. So when you look at uh, some of the statistics, men represent $20 billion or more in spending and spend $2,500 per year at retail. Men tend to spend more per trip but take fewer trips to the store. 37%, this is interesting, claim to distrust big business. And because a lot of our plants are sold through independent retailers, um, certainly sold from uh, independent wholesalers, I do think that this is an interesting statistic to look at. And the current green industry data shows that 20 to 40 year old males are a rapidly growing consumer base. Food gardening, transitioning to all other areas. And this is likely to continue. I've talked a little bit about this in the past when I when I give talks and presentations at shows and events, but um, when you look at the, the statistics and the increases in sales from year over year, uh, these men um, age 20 to 40 roughly uh, really do show significant growth when it comes to vegetables, fruit trees, berries, herbs, um, and, and a lot of times we do hear this revolving around the edible gardening, but we're starting to see that transition into the trees and shrubs and certainly into, uh, to, into bedding plants as well. So, like I said, this is likely to continue and certainly something uh, that we need to continue tracking. 
um, as, these, uh, as these males get older and start buying their first home. So other uh, statistics I've seen about the male shopper, they wanna make business personal. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this uh, later and get into, into detail about how they like to find information online, gather research, and then share feedback. Um, along those lines, uh, the male shopper wants more ways to share opinions online. They are 52% more likely to make impulse purchases than any other group. So impulse drives a lot of these sales, but we're also going to um, balance that with this need to do research and uh, know ahead of time what that shopper is going to buy. And uh, interestingly, 42% of young men, so age 40 and under males, shop for groceries once per week. So uh, grocery, uh, grocery retailers are really starting to see and understand this, this key customer base. So look to grocery for ideas and uh, different ways to, uh, to impact that shopping experience. So I'm going to talk a little bit about differences and similarities now. I'm going to go through 10 of them. So this is different differences and similarities, um, women versus men shopping. So uh, one that, that and, I, and there, are, there are thousands of different statistics you can look through related to this. So I'm really just going to pull out 10 of them that I found interesting. Um, female shoppers shop based on future needs. So, you know, making that list, keeping track of it and sort of knowing what they're going to need uh, on down the line, whereas male shoppers tend to purchase when the need is immediate. Female shoppers uh, make impulse purchases as well, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about, whereas men tend to think logically when making purchase decisions. But like I said, when you look, when you start breaking down the male shopper into um, different ages and demographics, the younger they get, the more impulse uh, decisions they're going to make. Um, female shoppers are more receptive to other people's opinions. So if you're sharing product information online, things like that, female shoppers are really going to uh, are going to gravitate toward that information, whereas male shoppers like to research project products before purchasing. I've also heard it said that um, men like to research the projects, which kickstarts that shopping, that sort of need to go out and start consuming. Um, it's about the same when it comes down to purchasing via laptop or purchasing online. Um, so uh, laptop purchases, um, about the same between the two genders. The difference comes into smartphones and mobile devices, whereas men are a full 10% um, more likely to make that purchase via mobile. Uh, when it comes to wanting the best price available, we all want that. That is ubiquitous between men and women. Um, everybody's looking for the best price available. But women tend to purchase products that are on sale. So although we all think that price is important, um, and that's like 75% versus 57% of women say they purchase products that are on sale. So when it comes to sales, definitely target your female shoppers. Um, but understanding that price is important for uh, both genders. So a key finding for our industry that comes from this, this research and data is that 57% of men consider shopping a form of entertainment. And a lot of this research is done with, um, with this demographic in mind that I was talking about, this 20 to 40 year old demographic. So um, it's funny when I, when I think about, um, my own family, uh, history, my dad, I don't think he ever considered shopping a form of entertainment ever in his entire life. 
Um, he's the kind of guy who opened the Land's End catalog, bought five of the same colored pants, five of the same sweaters, maybe five slightly different patterned shirts, and he was done. I don't think it was ever entertaining. It was very much, um, it, it, was, uh, it was a need. He filled that need and moved on. But when I look at certainly guys my age, which are uh, Gen Xers, and then younger, when you start looking at the millennials, um, it's very clear that shopping is a form of entertainment, whether it's being done online, um, being done in the store. Uh, it's, you know, there, there has to be an experience wrapped around it. And I think that's really exciting for us in lawn and garden because our products tend to be um, entertaining and exciting. Um, what you do with them is certainly an experience. And uh, I think there's a lot that we can do to work um, to make lawn and garden shopping more entertaining. And we're going to talk a lot more about that later. So really what it comes down to um, is the market's changing. And the stereotype that women like to shop more than men is certainly coming apart, um, especially at brick and mortar stores. Uh, until recently, a lot of apparel and department stores would lay out as much square footage as they, as they could to uh, women's uh, sections. And then the men's section was sort of off in the corner. Um, but actually studies these days are showing that men outspend women on apparel in certain locations by as much as 45%. This is huge. And the apparel industry is certainly taking notice. And I think you can see it when you go to a, a mall or a large shopping format um, for apparel that I'm not going to say it's 50-50 in terms of product for uh, men and women, but the men's section is certainly much larger now than it was when I was a kid. So what's inspiring men to spend more in physical stores? Men want to touch and feel products before they buy them. This is huge. And this is where we're going to start transitioning this uh, podcast to the in-store shopping experience because online shopping is, to me, a whole different ballgame. Um, you've heard some of the stats already about uh, that, that men do like to buy mo on mobile. Both genders are buying a lot online. We know that. We see online sales growing every single year. But I think for our industry, it's that store experience um, that's really going to uh, drive growth, especially with the male shopper. So the desire for hands-on shopping is a stronger draw for men to visit, to visit physical stores compared with women. And this is according to a first insight study. Men want personalized convenience. Men are also more likely to look to the sales associates and the staff for help in personalized recommendations. I found that really interesting. Um, I, again, I don't think that could be said a couple generations ago, but almost three quarters of men surveyed by this first insight study frequently interact with sales associates. So 75% and that compares with 65% of women. So this is an insight that I saw that I, I probably couldn't have guessed ahead of time, but the more I think about it and watch it in action, the, the more I definitely see it as playing out as true. In millennial men, so under 40 in particular, are as interested in the shopping experience as the products they buy. I'm going to repeat that. Millennial men in particular are as interested in the shopping experience as the products they buy. Let that sink in. That is an exciting opportunity for our industry. Because although our products are beautiful and healthy and lush and green, they're also really interesting and create a fun experience. They're, they create beauty. They're artistic. You know, we've talked about it in past episodes. The plants are more than just pretty. They bring all sorts of benefits to a person's life from cleaning the air, creating health, you know, creating a hobby, 
you know, allowing you to sit and be more mindful in a space. It's it's all of these uh, trends and um, sort of movements that are catching on within society today that our products can certainly enhance. So I do think that if millennial men are as interested in the shopping experience as the products they buy, we have a great opportunity. So again, let's reiterate, 50% of millennial men consider shopping a form of entertainment. So this is huge. I think that, you know, to learn more about this, why don't you check out some a couple past episodes. Uh, the STEM episode with uh, Tanya Carvalho, Tanya Brings the Wow, um, was all about the retail experience and drama in the garden. Our first episode with Dr. Marvin Miller also touches on um, this topic of shopping as a form of entertainment specific to lawn and garden. I'll put both links in the show notes. So I told you that we were going to talk a little in a little bit more depth about why men shop in stores versus online. So I dug up a research report from 2017 from the Global Online Consumer. So it's interesting that this is an, a report from an online uh, study group. And I wonder if it's because they're trying to replicate this store experience online, which kind of goes opposite of what we hear a lot of times. You know, how, how can we get that online experience in the store? Well, I think that the online sellers are also really trying to replicate a store experience, but... Nonetheless, here's are a few of the reasons consumers, uh, male consumers shop in stores instead of online. And this is from the words of the folks in the research study. I want to see and touch the item first. So let's just stop there. Our products are very tactile. They are very tangible. You know, you definitely want to see the health of a plant. And I think that the store experience really facilitates that much more than any sort, any other experience. Um, you know, people like to see a fresh, healthy plant in front of them. They like to see the shades and colors of the blooms. They like to see the health of the plant, the size of the plant. It's very hard for uh, shoppers to envision the size of a plant when they just see it printed um, in a brochure or on a website. You know, a four-inch petunia, that can mean a whole lot of things. Just think about it. Is it a four-inch bloom? Is it four inches tall? Is it four inches wide? You know, I don't even know that we often say a four inch pot. So standing there in front of that product at retail really does provide um, that type of store experience uh, that these male shoppers want. They're concerned the products look different. So when you buy a product online, you know, maybe it's a pair of pants. It comes, it's a slightly different color than you wanted. <clears throat> and that can be a big deal, certainly when you're shopping for apparel. And think about it when it relates to our products. Um, products that look different when they arrive. Certainly when you buy some products online, they're sold as a, you know, very small input. You know, it could be a bare root plant. You know, it could come in a completely different form than, than the picture that you saw. So I do think that this is a significant uh, reason why consumers, uh, male consumers are going to shop it in, in stores uh, for our products. Here's another one that ranks high on the list. Delivery takes too long. So I think that, you know, many of our stores certainly uh, offer delivery, but if you're ordering a product out of season and then waiting for it to be delivered, that can certainly feel like a long period of time. So the immediacy of going to a lawn and garden store, grabbing a product, putting it in your car, driving home and planting it, you know, obviously when, when you know, in many areas of the country, you don't have a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of gardening time and you are you know, buying the product, planting it that weekend. So maybe there isn't an opportunity or that, that desire to wait for delivery. 
shipping costs are too high. Certainly with a lot of our products, I mean, the shipping costs can be astronomical when you're talking about large, uh, large trees, um, plantings for your yard. So I definitely think that that's something if you are a uh, brick and mortar retailer to talk about that, you know, hey, you can buy product here and take it home today. You don't have to pay shipping. Um, it's certainly uh, an, an advantage for your customers. Product is too valuable to buy online. So I tend to think that that value goes up, um, certainly with price, but also with the opportunity for failure. So, you know, you know, a lot of our products might be a little bit intimidating to, to customers. You know, you got to keep this alive. So you might want to, you know, buy that in-store, um, certainly looking at that in-store experience. Here we go. This one goes right back to the experience. Enjoy the experience of going to the shops. So it's not just the experience of buying, it's the experience of uh, visiting the stores, um, seeing what's available, you know, kind of that, that poke around factor that you get uh, shopping in stores. Um, I want to verify the authenticity of the product. So again, it's, you know, knowing what you're buying and, and believing in it. The return process is too complicated online. I've never really thought about returning a plant online, but, um, you know, sometimes it can be cumbersome to, you know, repackage up the product, take it back to a shipping, um, shipping store, send it out. So that, uh, that, that um, experience of, of buying it in the store certainly makes it uh, easier to, to consider uh, returning it if you have to. And then finally, I want to talk to a salesperson. So again, our shoppers, male shoppers, will talk to salespeople if they are trusted advisors. I think many of our uh, many of our staff uh, fall right into this category. Um, certainly knowledgeable about the product, passionate about the product, and uh, that does resonate with today's uh, male shopper and has been played out in the research. So, moving on to a, a few more specifics, I'm going to talk um, a little bit about this millennial market. I'm just going to broadly say 20 to 40. Um, certainly, the age where you are, you know, moving out on your own whether you're moving into a condo or an apartment, buying your own home. Um, you haven't quite hit your peak spending years, but you are certainly a strong uh, consumer in the consumer market. And as we've talked about in previous shows, the millennial demographic is huge. Um, it's certainly bigger than Gen Xers. It rivals the size of baby boomers. Um, we're talking about a large pool of customers to talk to. So I wanted to, to dig into this market a little bit. Millennial parents, in, uh, in specific, shop based on price. So this is just something to be aware of is that, and it's probably due to limited resources, right? I mean, you're spending a lot of money on your, on your family and those basic needs. Daycare is extremely expensive. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, but certainly, uh, it's not, not cheap to raise a kid these days. So millennial parents uh, tend to shop based on price. Here's one I liked. It is 33% more critical to make a millennial male laugh during the sales process than any other age. So having a little bit of a, a fun, maybe a sarcastic but respectful tone, um, you know, this, this is the opportunity that you have to really uh, capitalize on the personality of the products that you sell. Um, if you can make these millennial guys laugh, they have a much better chance of buying that product. Uh, millennial males ask for advice more often than their dad. I referenced that earlier. I definitely see that true in my own life. And uh, I, I can see millennial males asking uh, for advice more often than Gen X males do as well. So 
this again plays right into our skill sets as uh, lawn and garden retailers because one thing we can do is give advice and talk about our products and i think that it's a strength we need to capitalize on so here let's get down to some tactics how to convince male shoppers to shop at your store and this comes uh, sort of compiled from a bunch of uh, research i read through a bunch of articles i've read um, observations talking to garden center retailers and just sort of seeing how it plays out um, in, in the real world experience. Number one, give us stuff to play with. It is a hands-on experience. So I was thinking about this uh, recently when I took my kids to the local auto show and you know, just looking around at the different displays and you know, thinking, wow, I, I can't believe all these car companies have to compete for what is still limited dollars, um, but they're really using attention grabbing techniques, um, certainly at an auto show, to get you to come look at their product, envision yourself in it. Obviously, part of that experience is sitting in that car or truck or SUV. Um, you know, I find myself hopping in the front seat, putting the kids in the back. How does this feel? Is this comfortable? But where the lines were longest was the true experiences. Get in a Dodge Ram and drive over hills and rumble strips and at an incline you know, they, have, they, they do have professional drivers, but you get in the car and actually experience it. But the one with the longest line was the Jeep experience. So you are climbing a very steep incline. You are going over extremely bumpy uh, road conditions. You're going at a 25% tilt sideways. Um, it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I was not in the market for a Jeep, but I could definitely see uh, test driving one for my next car. My kids loved it too. Um, it was all about an experience. So when you looked in that line, it was a bunch of big kids. It was, it was you know, 40-year-old dads standing in that line. Couldn't wait for that true experience. And even though they weren't driving the Jeep, it was still a very hands-on experience. Second one, make us feel like we're not supposed to be there. Give us exclusive experiences. So this is this is an interesting one to think about when it comes to a garden center, but I was talking to a friend about this and I said, well, you know, what, what's an example of that to you? And he said, well, it's like going to the bike shop. And I thought that was interesting because I spend, you know, some time at our local bike shop. But he was saying that when the first time he went into the bike shop, you know, very much a novice, he was looking to get a bike, a road bike for himself. But he really felt like this was an intimate experience. You know, everyone was kind of speaking the lingo. You know, there were people coming in dressed in their bike gear. It was in the summer. People were riding by, stopping in. He really felt like he was part of a, a community. Um, it felt it didn't feel intimidating. It felt comfortable, which I think is a sort of a um, testament to the bike shop owner, local bike shop. And um, it really uh, it. it he felt like he was kind of not supposed to be there, meaning that it was a very, it was an intimate group of people. And what he did is he aspired to be like them. So that creates an exclusive experience. Third one um, that came out of this uh, many, many different pieces of research, employ people who know about the products. Like I keep saying, this is us. Like this is our industry. We have passionate plant people who know a ton about the product love to share the experiences but i think one um, piece of advice is to do it on on a personal level and don't hold yourself over the customer 
So you are an expert. That is very true. But I think that the way to uh, frame it is to come from experiences and tell stories. So, you know, talk about your own yard. Talk about, you know, other customers that you've seen have similar experiences, good experiences with these products. Um, really help help that mail shopper be confident in the products that they're buying. Um, this is your opportunity to cross sell and upsell and uh, really create a loyal customer. Last one that I want to talk about in terms of convincing men to shop your store is to sell less, but stock it well. To mail shoppers, shopping is a mission. And I think that it's still it's an experience, but it's also a mission. And we see that with the um, the percentage of male shoppers versus female shoppers shopping on impulse. And men tend to plan out this trip. They tend to know the product that they're going in for. They shop more often, but much more targeted. And I think that having a, you know, a ton of SKUs in your store is going to be overwhelming, especially when when that guy is coming in for one or two things. So selling less, but stocking it very well. So stock it creatively, stock it deep. Um, the example that, that I saw in research was In-N-Out Burger. So a fast food um, burger place in the, on the west coast of uh, the U.S. And they have a very stripped down menu. They literally probably have no more than 15 things on the menu. And that includes all the types of soft drinks. So you get a single or double burger and get it with onions, with cheese, with or without. Um, but it's a very narrow menu and the lines of the drive-thrus are a mile long and in the store, mile long. Um, it's good quality fast food, but I think more to the point is that it's a very easy decision to make. So they've, they sell fewer items, but they really sell them well. So think about that. I think that in our stores, we tend to bring everything in. I've heard it said, oh, wow, your, your industry tries to sell all things to all people. Um, that can be a challenge, and especially with uh, male shoppers. Talk a little bit about digital engagement. I, I referenced it early on, but uh, millennial males are defined by digital. 70% of them are, are on social media. It's led by Facebook, then Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and they go there for communities and uh, to share ideas and thoughts, um, obviously plenty of other reasons as well, but I do think that in this sense, it's about creating communities. So this could be a whole other topic. Um, I would suggest you check out our episode with Grow It a few episodes ago on the social gardening app. Uh, we will also have an upcoming episode uh, with some Grow It insights, but um, finding a way to create communities online around your store or business is a fantastic idea. And maybe you're not selling product, but you're certainly sharing product information, offering your shoppers the ability or the sort of the resources and framework to share their experiences with your products. Um, and this is very much uh, uh, targeting the, your male shoppers. So make them feel comfortable online in your communities, uh, encourage digital engagement, and I think you'll see a reaction. Um, this I'll give a shout out to our new STEM Greenhouse Podcast Instagram page that is can be found at STEM Greenhouse Podcast on Instagram. Um, again, trying to create a community around a product. So about 25 minutes in, uh, I'm going to make this uh, a little bit shorter than other episodes, um, but I do want to end with a challenge. And this is something that I that I read 
that came to the top and some of the research I was reading about male shoppers, but it's really, can you let them know what's in stock? 92% of male consumers say, 92%, that's huge, say that real-time product availability would influence how and where they shop. So knowing what you have in stock at all times is a huge piece of the puzzle, especially, I think, considering that these men shop, um, they shop with a targeted uh, product in mind, and if it's not there, they've really wasted a trip. I'm not completely sure how to execute this, but I know it's possible, and it really might be a fantastic service to your male shoppers. So think about that. Think about keeping a real-time availability. Maybe it's done by video. Maybe there's a way to, to say, here, we, we guarantee to have these 20 products in stock throughout the season. We, you know, we assure you that you know, we will have you know, these top 10 items um, anytime you come in. Or maybe, you know, maybe there is a way to have a full-blown online inventory um, available at all times. But however you can figure out how to do this, it is going to resonate with your mail shoppers. 92% of them say that they would love to have this as part of a retail experience. So last but not least, I have good news. And that is that men share information with retailers. And you know, so many consumers are shopping based on ratings and reviews and user info. Um, I was just thinking yesterday, I, I got a new uh, recorder to take uh, to do the podcast from the road. And, you know, yeah, it had an information sheet in with it, but I, I don't even think I took that out of the box. I went straight to Google, I Googled the name of the product, and then I started watching tutorial videos. Um, and I read reviews certainly endlessly before I bought this this unit, and it was it was a one hundred dollar uh, purchase, so it wasn't even uh, extremely expensive in per- a purchase, but it was important, um, and I wanted to know all the features and benefits before before I bought it. Um, I bought it from Amazon, so I really didn't need to know much about the retailer, um, but I you know one of the reasons I chose Amazon is because they have a, a good return policy, but when men share information with retailers. Uh, This really gives you an opportunity to learn what your customer thinks and what they want. So ask for feedback, you know, recommend that they, oh, you know, jump online, you know, talk about, you know, tell me about this product on on our Facebook page or give us, you know, leave a good review. Um, Look at your online listings, you know, really before I go to a business, now I'm Googling it or finding it on Yelp and you can't help but to see the star ratings and you know certainly with restaurants if you're if you don't have 3 stars I'm probably not coming there for dinner but this is uh, certainly a, a way to to keep track of what people are saying about your business and I know that whenever I go to a, a different city I look up all the garden centers in the area on Google and on Yelp and look at their reviews it's kind of interesting to read the reviews and then when I go visit I frequently say oh if you, did you read your reviews and a lot of times I hear no so this is something you can do quickly. You can jump, you know, poke through reviews every morning. Um, just kind of see what your customers are saying about you. I think that there's opportunities for improvement, certainly opportunities to see what you're doing well and what you're not. So, uh, but it is good news that these male shoppers are um, very willing to leave feedback. And again, I think this is different than other uh, consumer groups. So certainly it was worth calling out. So we've talked about a lot this episode. But I really want you to remember a few key things. 
First, men are a rapidly growing consumer demographic, and today's male shopper is different than in the past. Very different. And now that we've had this discussion, I bet you're going to start noticing this everywhere. Next, men of all ages, but especially millennials, consider shopping a form of entertainment. So when we think about selling products to men, we need to think about the experience above all else. Third, men engage digitally and give feedback more than other shoppers. Make sure that they have a platform to share their great experiences and thereby promote your business on social media and keep an eye on feedback coming back to your business. And lastly, be careful, very careful when giving a guy access to your Amazon Prime account. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to STEM, insider tips for greenhouse pros. And special thanks for helping us surpass 7,300 downloads in our first 12 months. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to give it a good rating on your podcast player, or better yet, write a quick review. This will help expose more potential listeners to STEM. We really appreciate the support. I'm Bill Calkins, and you can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com, B-C-A-L-K-I-N-S at B-A-L-L-H-O-R-T dot com, or on Twitter at Bill Calkins. Be sure to follow Ballseed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. And now you can follow STEM Greenhouse Podcast on Instagram. That's STEM Greenhouse Podcast, all one term, for behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, and all sorts of good stuff. Let's end this episode with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. Many men go fishing all of their lives without knowing that it is not fish they are after.